Hi, thanks for listening to this podcast. Just a couple notes before we begin. First, if you're in Windsor and Essex County, check out windsorpolyamory.wordpress.com. There we've got blog posts about polyamory events happening in our area. Second, um, this Polyamorous Life, the podcast that you're about to listen to, is not an advice podcast. Uh, some of the people that I interview are experts. Um, they've got degrees. They've done research about non-monogamy. But here we are really interested in personal stories from the people who are living them. All of the people that I interview are experts, but experts in their own lives. If you're looking for other polyamory podcasts that do focus on like the research and experts, I highly recommend uh, Multiamory and Polyamory Weekly. Those podcasts regularly interview authors and the movers and shakers in the world of non-monogamy, and if you haven't already, you should definitely check them out. All right, without any further ado, here's the podcast. I never really did well in the traditional monogamy type relationship. It always something went wrong. Like I'd be dating somebody and then I would start to develop romantic feelings to someone else. And like it not even in a sexual way. Like I just, I was happy and I got butterflies with other people. And I thought that I was inherently awful mm -hmm. and that I must not really love the person that I'm with if I'm having these feelings for someone else because that's what everyone says, right? You're listening to This Polyamorous Life, collecting the stories of the struggles and triumphs of non-monogamous people wherever I find them. I'm Reg. This week, I'm playing you a conversation I had with Brandy. Brandy is my metamor once removed. That means she's dating the partner of my partner. <laughs> she's become a constant presence at the Windsor Polyamory events, and we're really happy to have her. We got to talking after this summer's Pride Parade, which is when I asked if uh, she'd be willing to do an interview. And then I spoke with her at her apartment in Windsor. now. Technically, I would say it's hierarchical poly, but not really. I've had uh, to explain this before. It's not so much that anyone comes before another person or I limit my ability to love multiple people. It's more so the level of commitment associated with those relationships. So for example, um, I was going to have children or get married. I would get married and have children with Connor. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that whoever else might be in my life won't be here 10 years from now. It's just the level of commitment I'm willing to put in with those people. That makes sense. Okay. So, yeah, so, so you have the, your, your nesting partner, Connor. Yes. And you have, do you have other partners? I do. Um, so I've been seeing Nigel for, since about February. I knew him actually, uh, when I was a kid, he was friends with my sister. Okay. And I was kind of had a crush on him. Um, and then I... Older came, sister? Yes. Five five years older. Oh, okay. Um, and I came across him on Bumble. And I said, I'm new to Polly. And I was like, wow, coincidence. Okay. And we got to talking and we get along now. And now that five years doesn't make a big difference, mm -hmm. it's not really 
yeah. as weird as when yeah. I was like 10. <laughs> so, um, yeah. besides that, I don't have any formal partners. I am still dating. Mm-hmm. Um, like I do identify as pansexual. So like ideally I would have a partner that's not a cis male <laughs> because that can get a little monotonous, but, <laughs> um, so far I've just been on a couple dates with a few people, nothing too serious yet. So. so you said you've been out for three years. Yes. Okay. Um, what was, sorry, you've been out for three years or you've been non-monogamous for three years? I've been, that's a tricky question. So I have been practicing non-monogamy for three years, Mm -hmm. but realistically it's probably been my entire adult life or at least when I hit adolescence. Um, I never really did well in the traditional monogamy type relationship it always something went wrong um like i'd be dating somebody and then i would start to develop romantic feelings for someone else and like it not even in a sexual way like i just i was happy and i got butterflies with other people and i thought that i was inherently awful Mm -hmm. and that i must not really love the person that i'm with if i'm having these feelings for someone else because that's what everyone says right Mm -hmm. so i had like a series of failed monogamous relationships none of them lasted more than like a year consecutively Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and i didn't know non-monogamy was a thing actually Mm -hmm. um i'd like i only heard of it in like kind of like a taboo like Uh threesome spice up your relationship kind of way and that's i wasn't interested in that Uh um Cause like I said, it's not for me, it wasn't this sexual aspect. It was more so the emotional connection. Cause I figure like I can have three best friends. Why can't I have three people that I feel romantically in love with? And I thought I was totally bizarre. And then I was like, wait, there's other people. So I met this couple, um, when I got back to Windsor and I had just started dating Connor. He was still living in Ottawa at the time. And he said, you know what, listen, I I know I'm not there right now and I'm not giving you kind of the emotional care that you need. Like if you, if you want to be in an open relationship, I trust you. I have no problem with that. And that's kind of the only terminology that I was familiar with. So I said, you know what, I'll give it a shot. And I met this girl online and she said, hey, I have a boyfriend, but we're non-monogamous. And we see other people, sometimes we see other people together, but mostly it's separate. And if that bothers you, then I'll leave you alone. And I was like, tell me more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And over a series of months, I got really close to her. And um, I actually started getting really close to her boyfriend as well. Mm -hmm. And we saw each other like in a triad kind of dynamic for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when I sat down with Connor and I was like, I don't think it was like a one-time thing. I think this is... Mm-hmm. like something I want to get into permanently mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and practice regularly and not just like when the situation allows. And he said, yeah, I have no problem with that. Like you seem happy and that's my goal is to make sure that you're happy and it doesn't bother me if you hang out with other people because I can't always be there for you and I'm not going to be able to supply the same sort of things for you. That's, that's pretty awesome of it. He's actually kind of amazing. So this this is this is what I do. So this is to my boyfriend Connor. May you look at this book and always remember how much I love you forever and always to the moon and back again. I'll be so you've got a I painted this. 
like these the, hearts. The cover of this scrapbook. Yes. Our first year at Hello Heart. Okay. So in 2017. So it's all about like when we first started dating and we went to Montreal on like an impromptu trip and got like the biggest, most delicious poutine I've ever had in my life. It had red wine reduction gravy, okay? Like, <laughs> they don't God. mess around in Montreal. No. Um, and then like little notes that I wrote him his first day of work. And then when I had to leave and move back, I just like, well, dude, yeah, it's, it's, and You're then, adorable. I really am. Like, honestly, it's kind of ridiculous. I, I'm really good at being a girlfriend, to be honest. <laughs> so, like, Connor wrote this for me for Christmas, and he got me a camera, mm-hmm. which is another reason that the, the, this This exists. is also Connor. Like, yeah, so for his birthday, I also I got him cards, and then I put, like, a date idea and, like, a memory, and it was, like, open when you feel sad. Um... And, and crap like that. I like to uh, Pinterest. So, but yeah, so here's one of the cards. Like, actually, it's two of them. Mm-hmm. So, this is the back. So, this would be like the date was a drive in movie and mini golf. And mm-hmm. I was like, he was upset. Well, when you're upset, so pumpkin, what's happened? Come cuddle me. I'll be your personal stress ball, okay? Just remember one day at a time and you'll be fine. And then I drew him a little doodle. Aww. Yeah. And then I made him these coupons for Valentine's Day. And like, some of them are just like, get out of chores, I'll make you curry, and then some of them are, like, naughty. <laughs> um, yeah. And then more of the cards, there's, like, a lot of them. And each of them also have, like, a picture. That's really cool. As well. So, like, that's what I do. <laughs> and Connor, like, this is just, like, a really good way to illustrate the difference between Connor and me. Okay. Oh, my God. So, yeah, this is what he This is what he does. He takes like con- uh, <laughs> condolences well, cards, and he writes. This is the other one. Oh, so okay, this originally said God's love is a perfect love, a caring love, and a lasting love, and he scratched out God's, God's and, and put mine. Would he be okay with me narrating? Yeah, yeah no, that's would... fine. Okay. Oh no, he like okay. So then it's it originally said at this difficult time may you. See God's love in the faces of family and friends and make you feel his love in every caring word. And so he crossed that out and said, on Valentine's Day, may you feel my love for you. Then he drew a picture of a long elephant, trademark, (laughs) in every caring word. And may you know my love and kisses (laughs) that are sure to come. (laughs) <laughs> thinking of you, and then crossed out with sympathy, and then he wrote, I love you more than I ever thought it possible to love someone, Brandy. And to have that love returned to me is the greatest gift I could ever receive. You're truly special like no one else I've ever known. I'm so happy to have shared these past years of my life with you, and more surely than I am of anything else, I want to spend the rest of my life with you too. Connor, with a heart. No. I know. And then... But that's his thing. Like, his trademark is he just uses, like, sympathy cards instead of regular cards because he thinks cards are stupid. Um, <laughs> so, like, one time he was... It's brilliant is what it I is. I know. So this one. So sorry for your loss? No, no. So sorry for being a dick. Sending comfort and caring to your grieving heart? No, no. I want to give comfort and caring to your beautiful heart. Uh-huh. And then another smoky love now. Uh... I know. It's honestly the fucking cutest goddamn thing ridiculous. Like, we make each other want to throw up sometimes. It's cute.
Like he wasn't, he wasn't upset or offended or anything. He was just like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, like I, I can see that way. Like Connor identifies as bisexual. Mm-hmm. So, um, he had that kind of urge to be with other men as well. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't care. Obviously I am not a man. <laughs> so you can get different things out of different relationships. Okay, cool. So, um, that's really cool. So, t- um, tell me more about this couple. So, are you still friends with them? Like, I still talk to them now and then. Um, it kind of, things kind of got a little bit crazy. She was pursuing her master's in psychology okay. at the university, and um, she actually got accepted into the Waterloo program, uh, okay. which was better. And she was planning on moving. And she said, "You know what? I don't want to have to kind of." worry about all the things I'm leaving behind because this is a really important step in my career. Okay. Um, we still keep in touch. I still like have her on Facebook and Snapchat and she's doing really well now. I don't even think she's together with him anymore. Oh, okay. Um, they had been together for, I think, six years or something since they were in high school. Oh, um, okay. So... Yeah, the, 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 the high but, school. Yeah. yeah, but I, but I, I still talk to them and they're really great people. It just kind of life happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's okay. Yeah, like yeah, the the um, you know, judging relationships by their longevity is something that we should be yes. trying doing our best to get away from, right? Yes. No, a hundred percent. In the first six months that I was with Connor, I had more emotional attachment to him than I had had in any of my previous relationships. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, <laughs> he's, he's a good egg. Let's start with this. Uh, let's let's look a bit more into like your pansexual identity. When did you start identifying as pansexual, and then when did you come out as pansexual? Okay, so that's actually a little bit of a complicated thing as well because. As you may be aware, pansexual is a relatively new term in um, the LGBT kind of community. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always knew that I liked girls. I actually didn't think it was weird. Mm -hmm. Like, I just thought everyone liked everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my mom had to be like, no, most people have a preferred gender. And I was like flabbergasted. I was like 10. I was like, what do you mean? Girls are cute. It, it just didn't dawn on me that that wasn't a normal thing. I just didn't realize people had a preference. I thought it was just like how it worked out. Like it's like a weird coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I identified as bisexual um, throughout high school. Mm-hmm. And then when I went away to college, um, I kind of got more into gender identity and um, a lot of like... <laughs> politics and a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. In, Are you talking your own gender identity or just, just the politics? In general, like, like yeah. I grew up in a really sheltered neighborhood sure. in LaSalle, <laughs> which, okay. uh, so I think there was like one black kid who went to my high school. Um, no one was gay. Before. I think there was one lesbian lady who was out and she was constantly harassed. So yeah, it... <sighs> If there were bisexuals, they were like, I'm going to make out with you at a party, but I don't want to date you. Mm-hmm. Um, but me, I wanted to date. Them. Mm. <laughs> um, so I went, when I got to college and somebody that I met identified as pansexual, and I was like, I'd never heard of that term before. And I was like, well, what, is it, what does it mean? What does it mean to you? And she said, well, everybody is slightly different in their definition, <laughs> which is fair. Um, mm-hmm. But for me personally... I 
don't really care. Gender is like an afterthought. It's not the the thing I like the main prerequisite for me being in love with somebody. Mm-hmm. It's not be like they're a guy and also mm-hmm. like it was just kind of like oh they happen to be this. Um, and my best friend actually is uh, non-binary, mm-hmm. and before like they came out um, as non-binary, they mm-hmm. just. It got really confusing when they would date people who were bi, and then they were like, "Am I bi?" And and like, being bisexual isn't inherently transphobic or anything. And I like, I hate that that's the case. You hear about it a lot. Is yeah. is that's the big war between like people who identify as pan and bi? Um, and like to me, being bisexual means. Um, Liking somebody because of their gender and but not caring which gender it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas I like someone and then I realize, like, then so, I care about their gender. Yeah, so gender plays gender plays a role in the liking is yeah. your understanding. Yeah, it's more of like a passive. It's kind of like I really like pasta and I like all of the noodles. Like I like penne noodles and spaghetti noodles. They're different. They taste different when you put stuff on them, mm-hmm. but they're all pasta. Right. I, okay. I know. It's kind of confusing, but like... So, you, but, but where a bisexual person would could like pasta and it's important to them that it's spaghetti yes. or penne yes. or this or that. They, have, they go in and they order something. I'd be like, bring me pasta and they bring me like rigatoni and I'm like, sure, fine. That's worse. <laughs> okay. I know. Yeah. It's... I had to get creative when I explained this to my mom. My mom is... The first person in my family that I told, uh-huh. uh, and she could not compute the whole thing. So that yeah. that was why the the pasta thing came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was in college, after learning about all the gender identity, I was like, you know what? Um, that sounds like me. I don't care what gender. Like I'm attracted to people of mm-hmm. all genders, and it just felt like it made more sense to me instead of like kind of putting me in a box it was more like a general suggestion Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I came out as pan probably like in 2016 Mm -hmm. yes um and were you out as bi before that yes I was um but okay to to some extent yeah well like I, I was but people don't really take it seriously in a lot of circles that I was in at the time. So like, they're like, oh yeah, you're bi, okay, but you're going to marry a guy. Right, right. So I was there, it just, it wasn't, Yeah. people didn't accept that as an answer. Yeah, this might be a dangerous question, but but was, like, you, the pansexual label, was that taken more seriously or less seriously? Um, like... It got people asking questions, which I liked. Whereas, like, before when I'd say I'm bisexual, they're like, okay, whatever. And they're like, pan, like people who are pansexual, no, I'm not attracted to pans. <laughs> like, right? Um, You're attracted to those Please guys, explain me. Those and, guys who play the flute yeah, with their legs on backwards. exactly. And, or the Greek <laughs> god, for that matter. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Exactly. If you look at entomology, pan means all. That's the yeah. simple yeah. all and then... Yeah, sexual, of course. Preference. So, it seemed like people believed that I had thought it through more. 
Right. Then rather than just like some girl in college who was like, yeah, I'm bi. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I had like a, a very good idea of, of who I was and who I identified as. Just because bi doesn't work as a label for me, I have no problem. Like when I identify as bi, well, like it's a word. At the end yeah. of the day, just do what you want. <laughs> Call it what you want. It, it's not really going to hurt anybody. Yeah. The two words are practically synonyms. In a lot of ways, except for the fact that the pansexuals and the bisexuals fight so much. Yes. But like, (laughs) Like, I think it's important to have solidarity. Like, yeah, because at the end of the day, both, both groups of people are constantly kind of downplayed in the um, LGBTQ like society. Like bi erasure and pan erasure. We don't exist. (laughs) Bi erasure and pan erasure are essentially the same thing. We're the unicorns of poly. one way or the other slightly more well yeah so like i wouldn't say that i have a preference like i think everyone is cute (laughs) Mm, i see what you're saying (laughs) to some degree (laughs) yeah 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 i think it's one of those things where like if you if you give people two options like yeah using the food thing again it's like yeah you know spaghetti or uh, I don't know. Ravioli. <laughs> not You're a good having example. trouble with pasta. R- ravioli is not a good, good example. Spaghetti or I don't know rigatoni. Is that a yeah, pasta? Yeah, that is. Pisilli, Thai noodles. I'm a bad Windsor, right? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, if you if you had those two and you asked, okay, which one do you prefer? Most people are still gonna have. Have a, be able to both time noodles, one hundred percent. Like like this is the thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, even when it's like, yeah, but. I like all of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anyway. They're good for different things. <laughs> the metaphor is getting lost. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, getting a little. How did your parents feel when you came out to them as any of this? But let's, wherever you want to start. Um, so my dad is very much a product of his generation mm-hmm. um, and unwilling to budge mm-hmm. in that. Generation being? My dad was born in 1961, so okay. it was a, a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I told him, offhandedly, I actually didn't like have like a sit-down thing about me being tan with my dad because mm-hmm. I knew it wouldn't go over well. Mm-hmm. Um, I had mentioned that I was going to be making like a shirt or something or a bracelet that was uh, in pansexual colors and Mm -hmm. then I explained what it was because my stepmom was intrigued and wanted to know but my dad was like oh yeah because you need your own flag just so you feel special right I was like yes I invented it where are my royalties like (laughs) um, meanwhile my mom she's much more malleable like (laughs) it's true like she used to be like if you had met my mom when I was growing up she was very much black and white like this is wrong this is not okay this is okay Mm -hmm. Um, she's also very religious Mm -hmm. so you would think that she would be the one that was more strict in her ideologies Mm -hmm. but not so she was more of the she's more of the opinion if you're not hurting anyone else I don't really care what you do Mm -hmm. I might not understand it but like you do you um, 
which is good. I can work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have not told my father or my stepmother that I am polyamorous because I am in my early 20s and I still need their help with some things and I would be completely cut off if I were to do that. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes against everything. Yeah. Uh, so that's I, a bad idea. religious? Or no, not religious. Just... Conservative in that way? Not pleasant. <laughs> Alright. Um, not very politically correct. Yeah. Air quotes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I told my mom, and she was a little bit startled, but... Um, she sees me doing a lot better in my relationships now and second guessing myself less when I make decisions about my relationships and who I spend my time with. And I think at the end of the day, I like, I know both my parents want me to be happy, but she actively practices that belief. So, um, my sister does know as well. Um, she doesn't really have an opinion. She always thought I was a lesbian, to be honest. She was very shocked when I brought home my first boyfriend, so... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. That is... Interestingly enough, she's also bisexual. (laughs) 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 Like, she came out as bisexual in high school, and then I came out as bisexual in high school. Mm -hmm. It was, like, the same. Good job, parents. Yeah, they were not pleased. You said you had you started with an open relationship yes. with your nesting partner. Yes. And he took it really well. Yes. So how did you approach that? How did you approach that first conversation? Like what what how did you learn about so non-monogamy I, as a concept for uh, you? Okay. Um Because you said you didn't So know. I I had no idea. When I started dating Connor, like before we were like official or whatever, I didn't know it was a thing. But I Right off the bat, when I met Connor... Um, Which was where? In Ottawa. Okay. He's not. He's originally from Belleville, and we okay. were both living in, in Ottawa for various reasons. Mm-hmm. I was there for about four and a half years with a crappy ex-boyfriend. Okay. Long story. Um, okay. So when I, when I met him, be, before anything happened on an intimate level... He's like, I feel like you should be aware that I identify as a cis man. I'm bisexual, but I'm heteroromantic. Any questions? And that was more information that I had gotten from my previous partner in like the six months or eight months ever beginning of our relationship. So it was already like, wow, he's enlightened. <laughs> it was good. And I was like, hey, you know what? Like, I, I get that. I like I like all of the genders. And I, I miss being able to be like having to pick between because I like I love them all I don't want to pick mm-hmm. um and like as much as I I liked being in a relationship I didn't like monogamy for that like that was a big part of that because having a relationship with somebody who identifies as a cis male versus a different gender identity is a totally different experience mm-hmm. and they bring so many different things and I felt that when I was in a relationship with a woman when I was in college mm-hmm. that it it gave me all sorts of happy feelings but in like a different way yeah. and I missed that a lot when I was 
in like a traditional heteros shape relationship. So I told him off the bat when we first started dating that like, hey, I really miss like being able to go on dates with cute girls and like do cute crap with other, <laughs> other people. And he was like, I understand that. I totally get that. And if you want to go on dates with pretty girls and touch their boobs, go ahead. <laughs> so that's how that happened. It that... didn't start out as a polyamorous dynamic. It was strictly more for like the physical components, not just like sexually, but also just like cuddling and yeah. like just physical intimacy on all levels. So for you, like a lot of people have the like, oh, I saw sister wives or yes. I, saw, I saw you know Tyra Banks gave an interview or whatever. yeah so I learned I took a, a families and society and history class okay which was very strange college? Um, no actually in high school in when high I was school? when I was at Brennan it was one of the courses that was available All right. and they go through a whole bunch of terminology and different family dynamics over like from the 1800s to now basically sure. and they did, we had to do a whole essay type thing on um, polygamy and polyandry. Okay. Um, so I, I knew it existed, but I I, I didn't so, know it existed outside of like a religious or like necessity context. Yeah. Because in polyandry, it's probably the largest um, instance of polyandry is in a small village in Tibet. Yeah. Where there is not enough land to split amongst your sons. Therefore, all your sons marry the same lady. No splitting of land. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so I didn't realize it was just like something people did because they wanted to. Like I thought you had to have like a background. Yeah. For that or something. I don't know. It's toxic monogamy. <laughs> I know a lot of people when I was in college that did open relationships, as yeah. they would call them. Yeah. But as soon as feelings got involved, then it was like a big breach of contract. Like that's no, no. It's fine if you like go make out with them. But like if you tell them about your problems and have a deep heart to heart with them, then that's cheating. Right. And I didn't I didn't like that boundary. And yeah. I love being in love. Yeah. And it's it's really easy for me. Like some people have a really difficult time, but I'm usually one of those people within the first like month or two of dating someone, I'm like, yeah, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I've never had a problem with even with friends being like, yeah, I love you. Yeah. Wasn't an issue for me. So when I was in the open relationship with Connor, like one of the girls that I started dating, I was like, you know what? Like I don't, I don't like this person just because they're cute. Like I really like this person and they make me laugh and um, they're smart and like all this other stuff yeah. that they bring to the table. And whereas Connor and I are very, we're not like opposites, but we're like adjacent. <laughs> okay. Um, complimentary. Yes. Complimentary. And it's, it's nice sometimes to be with somebody who's like, very similar to you and has a lot of the same interests because Connor and I we agree on all the important things mm -hmm. but like taste in music television hobbies mm -hmm. all of that is is completely different right right and and those are things that like in on some level they're not important but yeah on, on another level you need to have someone to talk to the, the yeah. people about with them and before I used to kind of shove that off onto my friends mm -hmm. and it made them really stressed out 
like, not surprisingly, but if you try and focus all your energy on one, like, everybody has different aspects of their social connections with other people, and, like, there's probably an unlimited amount, but if you try and focus one section on one person, mm -hmm. it can get really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And... So, like, you have... You're my friend that I'm going to talk to about anime with, or whatever yes. it is. And then you're talking to them, like, five days a week about anime, and they're like, oh my god, can we talk about something besides anime? <laughs> yeah. Right. But oh. you're my anime friend. Yeah, exactly. Or even when it comes to, like, touch. Like, I've always been a touchy-feely person. Mm -hmm. um, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that other people weren't like that, and, like, mm -hmm. I had a couple talks with my mom where my friend's parents would be like, hey, they don't like being hugged all the time. Like, you have to ask, things like that. Because, mm -hmm. like, that's just how I show affection for other people. Mm -hmm. That's my love language, as it were. And yeah. Connor's not like that. Like, so he's not like being Yeah. Well, like, he does, but he he's like a cat. Like, he wants it on his terms. Yeah, for sure. Like, he'll come to you. <laughs> yeah. And he's super affectionate when he wants to be, but sometimes he just wants to be by himself, and he doesn't like to be touched at all, which mm. is fair. Like, he's allowed to feel that way, but, like, if we were monogamous, then I would be sad, and then I'd feel bad that I was sad because well, am I not respecting his rights as a person mm -hmm. with autonomy? And yes. So now I don't have to do that. Now, if he doesn't want to give me a hug, I'll be like, hey, I'll go find somebody else to give me a hug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There is a stereotype yes. of bi people and pan people. Yes. Um, and, and it's a thing that I'm a little bit worried about um, perpetuating in this podcast because... Okay. Because you've... You've expressed this idea that, oh, because I want to see, more, like, I want to have more experiences with more genders. Yeah. So, thus, th like, thus I do non-monogamy. Yeah. Right? And... And But even if I wasn't that way, like, I feel like even if I was heterosexual, that I would still, like, for the other stuff that I mentioned, like, the different, different parts of your brain are stimulated with, yeah. with different people. Yeah. I mean, as a heterosexual person who's polyamorous, I totally agree. I could just imagine, like, a monogamous bisexual person or a monogamous yes. pansexual person being like, we can be monogamous too. And you can. Like, oh, 100%. And, and, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, we see you. This is this polyamorous life. This is not your podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, by no means. Like, when I, when I was monogamous, I never acted on my feelings. I'd have feelings for other people, but I never acted on them. Mm -hmm. I wasn't cheating on every guy or girl that I was with with the opposite gender. Unless you were emotionally <laughs> cheating. Yes, I was emotionally cheating. Oh my goodness. I know. So no, like it's, it, it works for a lot of people and it's like I had to explain it to my mom because she brought up the same point. <laughs> So my mom was like, well, why don't, like, if you were dating a guy, why wouldn't you just run off with a lady? And I was like, you're still attracted to other men, are you not? Mm -hmm. When you were married to my father, were you not attracted to other men? Well, yeah, but I didn't do anything about it. So what's the difference if they're a different gender? Exactly. It doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. So for you, 
you used your pansexuality as a way of starting the discussion? Yes. Yes. And like I said, everybody uses it differently. Yeah. Like, it's very open to interpretation. Yeah. Like, I... So, so like, you were... I didn't feel you like were, you being... You felt, felt like you wanted to be non-monogamous. Yes. And you used your pansexuality as a way of starting that discussion. Yes. Um, and I don't see. I don't think there's anything wrong with. Yeah, that. and no, like when I identified as bisexual, it didn't seem like a good fit. Like it always felt like kind of like a reach for a term. And like when I learned more about pansexuality, it just kind of felt like it fit better. English is crazy, and like there's words for things that there shouldn't be, and there's not enough words for things there should be. The Greeks have five words for love. Okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so. Yeah. Lo- love is. <sighs> Let's talk about love. Yes. Because uh, that's not something that actually, surprisingly, that's not something that gets talked about on this podcast that often. What? The first... You know what Amory means, right? Oh, I know. <laughs> the first... Uh, but, I mean, the word love. Yes. Everything, every podcast that I've done so far is about love. Yes. Obviously. But the word love, you've used it more than anybody <laughs> else has. And that's yes. awesome. The word love isn't used, and I think it's because it's too broad. Right? Yes. Right? I think it's because it's, you know, there may be... The relationship it's, anarchist might use it once or twice to be like, well, I love my friends, or yeah. something like that. It's but, it's more like an umbrella term, and yeah. you can take it where you need it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I love pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because the... Because love is used in so many different contexts. Yes. And, you know, in, in religious contexts, there's God is love and all that sort yes. of stuff. And, and funny how, like, yeah, I've done a bunch of interviews and the word love is not talked about. Relationships are talked about. Yes. Communication, like all of the things that are, yes. you know, that are really important. Consent. And yes. Sex and all these different things. But, but... Love is not intimacy, you know, stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. me- that's talk talk about. But yeah. the idea of love and desire and stuff are usually, you know, uh, avoided. I guess not. Maybe not intentionally. I think it's just because it was. It's been thrown around too much. It's. <laughs> People aren't really sure what what they want it to mean. And, like, it's overused. It's like how some people, like, me, this is me, I'm talking uh-huh. about me. I say sorry after everything. And I say it so much that people who are close to me be like, can you use a different term when you're actually apologetic? <laughs> because you say it constantly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, yes. It loses its, its meaning mm-hmm. because it's thrown around so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what love is. <laughs> I, I want you to show Love me. is a battlefield. Yeah, like, that's that's a whole other thing, too. Yeah. The, the, the fact that, you know, love is so amorphous, it can be described in... Basically, if you, if you... I mean, there are literally songs that are go, love is, and then just yeah. put in um, things. Uh, thanks, Adam Cohen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, like, where you just have, you know... You know Love is this, love is that, love is whatever. And, it, and it's just like, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, thank you for coming on this polyamorous life. Yes. Uh, there's a question that I've been asking everyone. Yes. And I prepared you, right? Yes. So what have you brought for me? 
Okay. So, I actually, it's funny that you asked me about a song that was polyamorous or polypositive. Uh-huh. I have an entire playlist on uh, my Spotify. I'm not going to lie, I noticed it on the way in that you had a poly playlist yes. go on. Yes. Um, because a lot of them are just wholesome good. Uh, I think one of my favorites is In the Middle by Dottie, D-O-D-I. I might be saying that horrifically awful. I don't think I've heard it. It is an excellent song. It, It's just... A lot of times when people are like, this is a poly playlist, and it's just about threesomes. Like, yeah. That's not poly. Really? Sort of? Not really? Like, Britney Spears 3 is not a polyamory song, okay? <laughs> that doesn't count. But this one is actually, like, it's good. I, okay. I recommend that. There's also... What what makes it a polyamory song? Okay, so... So it's not about threesomes. It, it... Or is it about threesomes? Technically, the singer wrote it about a threesome, but it's not, <laughs> it's not laid out in a way where it's just like, hey, let's hook up for a night. It, um, in the beginning of the song, it's like, do you want to call him or should I? Um, are you free on Friday night? What's your schedule look like? And that's a very polyamorous thing. <laughs> so setting the whole thing up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I just think that you and me and him could be the best type of friends, which is not an inherently sexual term. So yes, like when she was thinking about writing the song, it was about threesome, but it comes off as really like a really happy, very upbeat, positive song, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. No, there's anything wrong with threesomes? No, there's not. You do you. <laughs> so you're not into threesomes? No, th- I didn't say that. <laughs> I just mean like monogamous people have have threesomes sometimes, and that's cool. But like, it's well, not polyamory. It, in that context, I mean, I mean it's, it's it's not. It's not not polyamory. True. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. No problem. <laughs> thank you for having me. You're welcome. You've been listening to This Polyamorous Life, sponsored by Windsor Polyamory. Please like, rate, and review the show at the usual places. If you're listening and on Twitter, let me know. I'm at Life Polyamorous. To help out the show financially, go to patreon.com slash thispolyamorouslife. Everyone who donates, no matter how small, will get something on the podcast. You give me money, I'll, tell, I'll say whatever you want. Whatever. This show is put together by me, Reg Robson, with some editing help from Aaron Christmas. A big thanks goes to Brandy for coming on the show this week, and I'll be back with another conversation for you in seven days. We are preparing for the Windsor Pride Fest Parade. I'm here at the corner of Ottawa and Argyle in Windsor, Ontario. And we are with Windsor Polyamory. And we're going to have an awful lot of fun in this parade. What do you find valuable about Windsor Polyamory? It's a relaxed group of people who are enjoying each other's company and happen to have something in common. The thing that I love about Windsor Polyamory from the start, the first event that I came to, people are warm, welcoming, open, and accepting, and fun. Um, I think the entire Windsor Polyamory community is very dedicated to 
an authentic expression of self and to growing and learning more about each other in the world, and I think that's really valuable. Find Windsor Polyamory at windsorpolyamory.wordpress.com.